And this Hangout on Air is now live. Take it away, Lisa. Thank you, and welcome to episode 20 of TLC, Tech Learn Coffee. I'm your host, along with Nancy Minicozzi. My name is Lisa, and I'm a fifth grade teacher in South Monterey County. And I'm Nancy, Nancy. Minicozzi. Thank you. I'm Nancy Minicozzi, an ed tech coach in Northwest Los Angeles County. Find of our podcast focus. Um, this is accessible on your schedule. So it's just a 15 minute format and it's a chance for you to get your own questions answered uh, either on our website or on our YouTube chat. This is personalized mobile PD. So you choose the focus. You get to listen to where you get to listen to us when and where you want to. Um, if you enjoy our podcast and we hope you do and don't see why you wouldn't, Please uh, support us by subscribing to our YouTube channel. Just search for TLC Ninja Teachers. You can also look for us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcatcher. And we're there. And please rate us while you're there. Um, that way, the more ratings we have, the easier it is for others to find us. Hey, fact. So for today's random coffee fact, did you know that coffee beans are really not beans? They are the seeds from the coffee cherry, which is the fruit of the coffee plant. Most of the coffee cherries contain two seeds, but some of them only have one. They, and if they only have one, it's called a pea berry. And some people believe they're sweeter and more flavorful, so they sort them out and sell them to you separately at an increased cost. So there you go for that. Um, so yes, and I actually have had some pea berry coffee and it was delicious, but I don't know if it was sweeter than the regular coffee would have been. Anyway, uh, tonight we are really thrilled. Wait, is she gone? Liz, are you here? I'm here. Oh, good. I'm here. Uh, so tonight we're excited to have Liz Ramos, who's going to be talking to us about her philosophical experience with Twitter. So Liz, please tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and what you do. Okay, well, I'm a history teacher here at Altalama High School in California. Um, right now I'm teaching world history and AP government. Um, I'm a politics geek and C-SPAN geek. I love to get my students doing history. I don't want to be that sage on the stage. I want the kids in there doing, having fun, applying what they're learning. Let's figure this out together. Let's learn together. Um, and I like integrating technology. The kids, like you digitize something and it's more fun. And so I like trying to find different platforms that they use and just other ways of bringing other tools in to try to kind of jazz it up and get the kids a little bit more engaged in the learning process and for them to show me what they know. Show me the learning. Let's do history and show me the learning. I like that, doing history. So um, the reason that we asked Liz to come on is because she told me about this fabulous lesson that she had done and I wanted her to share it with everybody. So Liz, what was your original plan for the lesson? Well, I got inspired when I was at the National History Conference a couple years back. Um, Dan Cota and Michael Milton did this presentation on Enlightenment Twitter. And uh, it's researched in a journal. So like if an uh, administrator came in, I'm like, oh, here's the research on it. This is good stuff. And the minute I saw them do the presentation, I was like, I've got to bring this to my students. And so that's what I did. I brought it back. We tried it out in summer school. The kids had a lot of fun with it. I even got a couple of teachers to 
ask them questions in their enlightenment philosopher persona. So what I had done was we had taken a look over general overview at the philosophers. I jigsawed the groups where they went deep on a longer piece with a primary source excerpt with some questions. They talked about it. And so this was like towards kind of like the capstone of the of that segment of that unit. And so I said, okay, so you've talked about this, you should know this, you're going to now take on the persona of your philosopher. So they created a student, uh, they created in groups a Twitter account based on that philosopher. I had them share them with me, we came up with a Twitter list group, and then they started tweeting out and I had a couple of teachers ask them questions. They're like, oh, what? So it was really fun seeing them get engaged and have conversations. And then we did it again in the regular school year. And then this year, uh, I had tweeted out what we were doing and Heidi Meyer in Ohio said, oh, that looks awesome. I'm like, oh, the credit goes to these guys. And they, she tried it out and she, I'm like, hey, let's get our classes having a conversation too. So this year we had the students from my class and her class having an enlightenment salon via Twitter. And it was so much fun. Like, of course it was around homecoming time. So one of the questions was, who would be your hoko date? Who, what philosopher <laughs> would you ask to homecoming? So you kind of got a hook, just like you do in any lesson, you have a hook to get the students in and then carry it on from there. And it was just fun watching the kids get engaged. And one of the kids like, we need to take some pictures. And so like they had taken pictures and then it was a video of the back and forth of our classes. And then one of my girls, Destiny was like, Ms. Ramos, we got to periscope this. And she like got on the phone and was periscoping. The kids had so much fun, and particularly this year, they really got engaged, much more engaged, doing it live with other classes. And it was so much fun to watch them. And so my administrator said that they wanted to come bring people from district to see what, what we're doing with technology. And I asked the kids, what were some of your favorite things that we did this year? And the Enlightenment Twitter was one of them. So I knew we had a hit if they liked it and they were willing to do it again to show off as uh, we had administrators coming through. So it was a lot of fun. That sounds like so much fun. I love the idea. I don't know which philosopher was the most popular homecoming date. You know, that uh, I think, well, most of them were guys. So Mary Wollstonecroft, she was, <laughs> she was the number one get. Some of them were <laughs> like, Hobbes, unfortunately, cause he's Mr. Pestmith, licensed, short, nasty, brutish. He was like, kind of like the pessimist. He didn't have too many uh, takers. Oh. So the Hobbes group was kind of sad, but it, it was fun with watching them go back and forth. Mary Wollstonecraft, she was the one that was like, okay. She was definitely the top pick of the, the ball. And then probably John Locke. Okay, good to know. Well, and I love the idea of the salon because I think if there had been Twitter at the time that these philosophers were around, I'm, I'm sure they would have engaged in it. Yeah, so exactly. let me ask you, have you used Twitter in your classroom in other ways? And if so, how? Yes. Oh, I'm a big lover of Twitter. I was initially on Twitter, but I think of one of those play dates or ed camp, they got me on and I've been hooked ever since. Um, so I tweet out news stories, like current events and having discussions on what's going on is very big in my class. So I'll share current event news stories that have a world or government focus with my students and other stuff as well. Um, we've also had Twitter chats, like live tweets. So it's our like back when I was teaching APUS, the last presidential cycle, 
we were uh, live tweeting during the debates. So it started off, let's live tweet during the debate, let's react what's going on, have conversations, and it was amazing. Instead of asking the kids the next day, what did you think about the debate or something? The kids like, oh my gosh, this and this, so-and-so said this because they were watching in real time. They had conversations and we had conversations with some other students as well. And so it has just grown. And there's a group of us uh, high school teachers across the country that we use the hashtag HSGovChat. And so we get all the kids on there. And so the kids would have conversations with other students and they would also see what they were picking up on and what was being said from other students and other parts of the country to get that perspective as well. And so instead of having just a conversation, what do you think about the debate? And okay, five or 10 minutes of it, you could really have it and go deeper because the kids remember to gain into a conversation talking and interacting with this person, this person. And of course they have fun and throw out some memes and gifts <laughs> along the way. Um, but then they're also fact-checking, well, is this true? And so fact-checking and bringing that in and getting that media literacy in there. So it was just a goldmine. So we've done that for the presidential debates, um, the past two election cycles. We've done it with the State of the Union, watching it, let's talk about what's going on. When President Obama had a Syrian address, we did that. And then high school gov chat has had the opportunity to have um, guests come into our, our Twitter chats. And we've had reporters from NPR, people from somebody from the wow. Center for Politics, professors that specialize in different areas of press secretary, Dana Perino. And so the kids have had the opportunity to not only talk with other students, but actually ask reporters, journalists, questions about their area of focus, about their profession, and get firsthand experience from people covering it. Or in the case with Dana Perino, for, you know, somebody's experience who's in the actual White House as the press secretary. So it's just been a phenomenal opportunity of breaking down walls and bringing the experts into the classroom. So, so let me ask you, how did you get these people? Because I think that is just fantastic. Did you, I'm assuming they didn't just happen by chance on HS GovChat. No, that magic goes to Justin Christensen. He's a government teacher and the founder of the group, one of the co-founders of the group up in San Francisco. And he has been a rock star organizing and bringing these key people in. So and that credit goes is to his, I'm looking in here. We, I would love to add this because, you know, in all of our episodes, we do have resources. And I see that uh, we're going to have resources on the Enlightenment Salon, and some examples of student guidelines for tweeting. Yeah, um, I'll add Justin Storify there. Yeah, so please do, so we can have that information there for people uh, who might want to connect with you and try something like this of their own. But wow, I think that, I think it's just so much more meaningful for the kids when they can talk to somebody who's actually there, actually doing it. That must have been so exciting. It was. It would be exciting I, I for me. I think I was as excited, if not more excited than kids. With some of them, I'm like, oh my gosh, do you realize how big of a get this is, opportunity to ask these people questions? That is just fabulous. So what advice do you have for people who might want to 
get started doing something like this? Um, I would say practice, like practice just having tweeting out with your students in class with the class activity first, establish norms. I think teamwork and class culture is paramount in anything. Um, and so like my students know what I expect of them. Yeah, we joke around class, but there's, there's a respect, especially when you're using social media of, of having norms about what's appropriate, what's not appropriate, appropriate language. So I think we need to not be afraid of social media. The kids are using it. If you're going to drive, you have to get a driver's license. You have to be shown the right way of doing it. So let's find ways of showing students the right way to use these tools as an opportunity to connect and as an opportunity to learn. And it's not just the stars like the Kardashian or whoever it is tweeting out what they ate or stuff, but you can use this to really learn, become engaged in a more active and critical thinking citizen. So think about ways that you can get activities around that and go for it. It could be something simple as starting off with using Twitter, have a scavenger hunt. We did a federalism scavenger hunt where the kids had, I was school and they had to go find that item and then take pictures. Create like some kind of scavenger hunt and get the kids used to using a hashtag first and then move forward. It could be something like this baby step and then put out a hashtag, try to find another class to have a conversation with. Reach out to people. I was surprised how willing like some of these people are reporters or whoever, if you find one, to bring them into the classroom and have a conversation with your students. Um, so I have a question for you and also our timer rang, so we'll be quick. Uh, do you know uh, Twitter, if there is an age limit for Twitter? Is it 13 like so many other? I, yes, I believe it is 13. And if teachers are worried about being on Twitter or there's rules with their school, uh, today's meet would be a nice alternative. Oh, great. Or, okay. Today's, today's meet.com. Yeah. Yeah. And kids don't have to have a social media account. I will say we did do that one year because some kids were like worried about being on uh, Twitter. And if you have a lot of students, it moves too fast. So I think that's best for a smaller class or a smaller pace. If you have a lot of students and there's a lot of interaction, it moves too fast and you really need, Oh, the other thing if you're going to do this and you're moving, show the kids how to use tweet deck. <laughs> That's an important tool for the kids to understand is how to use TweetDeck. And I put a s'more link on there also that shows how to do that. Oh, great. Thank you. So we'll be putting that in the resources. Um, any final thoughts you'd like to share? I just say have fun with it. Get out there and learn. Like my students right now want Snapchat. And I've had a girl like show me like in five minutes. I'm like, you need to do this again. Um, have fun with it. Ask them what they're using. Think, what, how can you get that engaged if it's within your school parameters? Um, we have pretty open filters uh, with a lot of social media, so we're able to do this kind of stuff. But find ways of getting the kids to use their tools for learning. Get creative. Great, great advice. Thank that's, you. That's best. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, thank you to all the listeners for listening. If you enjoyed the show, wherever you are watching or listening, please leave us a comment to let us know. And please join us in two weeks. We're going to be back on our regular Monday schedule 
On January 16th, our guest will be Doug Robertson, who is also known as the Weird Teacher. So we can't wait to see what he has to say. And remember, we are always looking for guests to share the great things that they are doing in their classroom. So if you know someone who fits the bill, or if that's even you, uh, please feel free to visit us at tlc.ninja and complete uh, the contact form to let us know. And we'd love to have you on to share your awesomeness. Thank you. So thank you very much. And bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you.